0: Hey, my name's Emma.
1: Hey, my name's Maddie.
0: And you're listening to The Pilot's Pandemic. If you're looking for a snack that packs a punch, look no further than Avinola, a granola that can be taken on the go and it's so versatile
1: that it can be eaten as a snack
0: or as a meal.
1: We love avinola because of its nutritional content. Lots of granolas have a high sugar content, but not avinola. This granola is sweetened with monk fruit, so it actually doesn't spike your blood sugar, and it's a great option for those who may be diabetic or looking for a low sugar alternative compared to other granolas. I mean, what could be better than a granola that only has one gram of sugar?
0: Not to mention it's keto approved. So that means it's only got one gram of carbohydrates. And this is because it's made with lupini beans. And y'all, I have to tell you right now, I would have no idea this wasn't made from a grain because it tastes so good. So go grab yourself a bag of avi-nola at avi-foods.com and upgrade your granola fix right now. Use our code PILOTSPANDEMIC for 15% off your first order hey y'all welcome back to this week's episode of the pilots pandemic podcast you're here with your host emma and our beautiful co-host maddie hi guys and this week we are joined by a special guest we are sitting here with shannon at aviator Converse aviation conversations on instagram thank you shannon so much for joining us
2: Yes, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, so
0: everyone that's listened to the show, and i got to stop getting on this. I mean, like I've been doing this for the past five guests now. I always say anyone who's listened to this show knows, but anyone who listens to this show knows that we always ask our guests at the top, how'd you get into aviation and who or what inspired you?
2: Oh, yes. So this is such an interesting question. It's going to be a bit of an answer. So I hope you guys are ready. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Shoot. (laughs) Well, funny enough, my journey into aviation actually didn't start with like a passion for airplanes or airlines or a family member that flew. Uh, I actually had a dad who was and still is very aspirational in his own career and this led to us moving around a lot when I was a kid including a two and a half move year to Peru when I was eight and this was incredibly eye-opening for me because you know living in a different country at such a young age something I was able to see and now truly take to heart as a privilege is the fact that the way that we all go about doing things in our lives isn't necessarily the way to do something. It's just a way to do something. And as I continued to get older and travel and meet different people, it really got me thinking that if people could really just experience the world more, and really dive into different cultures, we'd all have a lot more patience with each other, like kind of more curiosity and criticism than I feel like can kind of happen sometimes. And before I ended up stepping my way into the aviation world, I actually first went down a pathway for counseling because I really wanted to help people. And at the time, it seemed like the best avenue. So, I got a bachelor's in psychology and a master's in counseling and did the counseling thing in Virginia for a couple of years before realizing that it wasn't quite what I was looking for at the time. And I really had kept looking at what I could do that was travel related, like even on the side while I was doing that, especially the airline industry, because airports and being on airplanes really made me happy Um, and ended up taking the leap to move to Florida and hunt for a job in the airline industry, which is how I ended up with the company I am in now. Um, And I ended up meeting some incredible pilot instructors, one of whom talked me into a discovery flight, and I fell in love with that, and that became my goal. And then the pandemic hit, and I realized I didn't actually want to become a pilot as a career, But I had such a respect and a deep love for the industry that kept growing that I wanted to get better at it. So I ended up getting my private pilot's license. And now I work every day with instructors and pilots and training. And the more I get to know them, the more I just kind of see how everything in the industry works and how everything behind the scenes as a whole, like even in their lives could be better. And it really led me to combine my passions to start aviation conversations which yeah. is we're talking with now yeah yeah
0: so I have to ask you a question I know we don't have it written down but do you think part of the reason why you kind of stumbled like realized that you didn't want to be a pilot as a career was part of watching pilots go through the furlough and everything that happened during COVID do you think that kind of was an eye-opener for you as far as being a pilot as a career
2: you know interestingly not as much because I was privileged with the airline I was working with during the pandemic, they actually did a really great job of not furloughing anyone. So I didn't experience, I didn't really see pilots experiencing that there, but I did hear about it later on from people that I met over the next few years. Um, For me, it was more, it was a similar reason as to why I'd initially left counseling, I realized that I really care about helping people and really love helping people grow. But the person that I also really needed to care about was myself and Mm -hmm. my own growth. (laughs) And I just kind of flashed forward and realized that one of the things with a counseling life was sitting in an office picturing that 40 years later, it kind of gave me a hot flash to feel like I was doing the same thing. And when the pandemic hit and I took a break from flight training, I realized, at least at the time, because maybe there's more, there's definitely more out there now that I realize. But at the time, I was like, I'm putting myself in another office that isn't going to change for the next 40 years. And I already know how I feel about that.
1: Yeah. Wow. The few changes, but.
2: <laughs> yeah, a few changes. <laughs> yeah. I, res-
0: I respect you a lot for saying that because I think it's really hard for people like, who love, you obviously like love aviation. It's something that you have a passion for, but it's really hard for people like that to like kind of admit to themselves that maybe it's not the kind of office that you want. That's kind of my journey. So I can definitely relate to you in that way. It's, I love as much as I love flying. I don't want to be stuck in that for 40 years. It, you know, some people say it takes away the joy. I don't want to say that because my father did it as a career and he freaking loved every single minute of it. But I understand where you're coming from.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, think it's... I was Sorry. just going to add on that too, Shannon, and say like, mm-hmm. um, I'm in that same boat. Like I, it's funny when you start going and getting your, your license and stuff, people ask you like, are you going to go to the airlines? Cause that's all they can really fathom is like, if you're a pilot, then you're going to go fly in the airlines. And so obviously I've already been asked that question a million times. Uh, and that's not something that I want to do either. I want to fly because I enjoy it. And I feel like when, whenever you make anything into a job, there is that suck that like, Oh, you know, you you have to do it now. It's not something that you want to do. It's something now that you're required to do because your job requires you to do it. And so I've had that conversation with my husband as well as like, you know, what do you like more general aviation or, or being an airline pilot? And, and he's never been like, Oh, I, you know, the airline pilot life sucks. Now he loves being an airline pilot, but he says it's just different. Uh, there's a definite difference between GA flying and flying commercially. So I do get that. Um, And sorry if I cut you off.
2: Oh, no, you're perfectly fine. I I mean, that totally makes sense. Because just like you said, it goes from being something you did for fun to being something that's kind of an obligation, or it feels that way, depending
1: on how you look at it. So it, it definitely shifts things it definitely does and i also wanted to say thank you for sharing um about your traveling and how that kind of opened your your mind to different things that's kind yeah. of what i loved about um the the community of pilots is that we have a different worldview I think because we've traveled so many different places and there are different ways of doing things um and I love that you said that there's not only one way to do things there's many different ways um and I think more people can can utilize that advice because it's it is great advice to know that like there isn't one one path to doing a certain thing. So, um moving on, I did want to ask you like what is it like working for an airline? Like what are some of the pros of your your job and some of the cons?
2: Yeah. So, honestly for me it's an absolute joy. I I love working in the airline industry and I I so much love working with pilots. I feel truly grateful and blessed that that is the group that I get to help every day. Um it's it's interesting because I felt even by proxy that I was already still counseling people <laughs> without meaning to when I first started with this job in the industry that I have. Um, and I just love that there's always so much more to learn. Like there's different things happening, problems to be solved. It's it's really nonstop. And you either love it or you hate it because the cons are exactly the same. There's always something happening. There's always problems to be solved. and. I mean, whether you're working for the airline in the air or on the ground, especially in training, it it doesn't stop. So some time that you might typically have off in other industries, you really just don't have here because planes are still flying when your eyes are closed or open. So someone has to be helping with that.
0: Yeah. It seems like it's almost like the the new challenges that you face is what makes it exciting. Again, I can relate to you on that. It's very hard for me to have a job where, A, there isn't enough work to be done. Like, I want to be working. I want to be working with my hands. I want to be solving a problem. I have to be doing a task or else I'm bored. Um, and it seems like, especially in the airlines and with the rate that everything is just changing so quickly, you're always going to have a new challenge. And I can imagine that makes work exciting.
2: It does. And that's where I feel like exactly what you're saying. Some people would view it as like, oh, this is really challenging. There's always a problem or you can you kind of reverse it. And for me, when you really love something, it's, oh, this is so exciting. There's always a challenge, right? Yeah,
0: yeah of course. Yeah, no, I'm the, I'm the same way. I'm like, it has to be fresh and new or else I'm like, I get so bored. I'm like, okay, I, now I'm just looking at the clock for the rest of the day. Like, <laughs> girl, give me the excitement. But you share with us your mission to help pilots and their stress and how to better manage it. So, can you share with our
2: audience how you do that? Absolutely. So this really birthed from kind of like we talked about my experience working with these pilots and training, and then just. Over the past year, I had this wild epiphany that my counseling skills could actually come in handy. I'd already kind of been doing it with people over the phone that I'm friends with and everything. And one of the biggest things that had really come to hit for me was stress management is a really big deal um, for anyone. But for pilots and pilots in training, especially knowing how to manage your stress I mean, to, not to be drastic, but it can sometimes literally mean life or death, but it can also mean like the happiness that you're feeling in your life overall. And what's c- crazy to me is that outside of knowing that it's the S on the I'm safe checklist, no one actually talks about it afterwards. Mm. And yeah, especially during flight training, which is I'd argue one of the most chronically stressful times in a pilot's career. And like, especially now with the boom in the travel industry and the shortage that's going on and the pressure that comes with it to get people on the airplane faster and keep them there for longer. um, After just talking to my friends and really seeing what's going on, you see the stress that's affecting people both on and off the flight deck. And I wanted to be able to do something to help with that. It it honestly made me upset that there wasn't anything that was out there that I could see that was helping with that or talking about that. So I actually put together an online class. It's currently called Stress Management for Pilots in Training, but I'm putting together another one that's just stress management for pilots in general. And it's to help pilots better understand and manage the stress that they're either already experiencing or inevitably going to. Um, we talk about stress, the impact on your mind, your body, your life, and how we are reacting to it without even realizing it, and some things that you can do about it. So I currently run it live every other Tuesday. I have classes posted on my Instagram and website, and I also started offering coaching and advising services for pilots who've found themselves in a place where maybe things have gotten like more turbulent in their lives than they expected and are having trouble getting things back to normal, which I say in air quotes because that's really subjective. But mm. since I let my counseling credentials expire from my previous career, I'm actually able to offer it from a space that's safe and non-reportable on a medical, which is a huge deal because I know that that's something that a lot of pilots hesitate to reach out for help when they need it. Um, like i make it a joke it's not really a joke at all because it's sad it's like the fact that people feel like they have to google why do i feel sad on incognito mode is such a shame
0: yeah i appreciate you being out there and wanting to do this and my ears perked up when you said coaching and i just kind of want to reiterate that for our audience just so you know hey here's this resource
2: yes hi
1: it's definitely needed um and i kind of wanted to ask you like personally like Since you do this for pilots, do you use those same stress management tools in your own life? And what is what does that look like for you?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Everything. There's actually 14 different techniques that I go over in the class and I've used every single one of them. Um, I love all of them and different ones I've learned are better for different situations for me. But that's why there's so many because like we're all different, like we talked about. So different things help different people and especially different techniques for different times. But one of the things that I really regularly practice is I actually meditate and do yoga every morning, which does wonders for stress management. Um, I mean, the science behind meditation is that it continue, continuously practicing that for 10 to 20 minutes a day can actually rewire your brain for better focus and decision-making, emotional regulation, And basically keeping your calm when things go sideways. It's kind of like upset recovery, both literally and figuratively.
1: Have you kind of like noticed from like before you started utilizing meditation to after that that effect actually happened to you? Like visibly notice it?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, I've been meditating on and off for years now, More definitely more regularly over the past few years. But before when I first started practicing meditation, I would actually notice that over time situations that would have really stressed me out were not stressing me out as much anymore. And especially with, you know, back when I was counseling, I would have people in conversations with me who were upset about things. And it wasn't necessarily at me. Sometimes it was maybe, but typically it was about something else, but people are coming to you frustrated and upset and angry. And even now working where I am with my full-time job, it's people are sometimes upset, they're frustrated, they're angry and being able to kind of separate their emotions from your emotions and know what's triggering in you from what's happening with them. And what you can do to kind of calm yourself down if you need to and have focus and be present for the person is a complete game changer. Otherwise, you can find yourself kind of blowing up at a situation or even shying away from addressing something that you maybe could have stayed present for and navigated in a different way.
1: I like that. It's like a lesson in self-awareness. Exactly.
2: And that's like, that's my favorite thing about meditation. That's the whole point is really just being more aware of yourself. Mm
1: -hmm. So So
0: speaking of those, like those angers or those pains that people are kind of coming to you with, what are those problems? What are the issues and problems that you've seen airline pilots that you work with complain about? Um, like, are there three in general that seem to pop up, like something that seems to be a habitual pattern within the airline industry? Ooh,
2: three. So, and, and this is all feedback. I hear. It's from friends that I have. It's me, any airline, right? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, one of the big things right now, though, I mean, we're on the topic of stress. There, There is a huge stress with having pilots coming through who are I mean, I don't want to say not as experienced, but it's, it is true. It's like having people come from a Cessna to a Boeing or an Airbus, it's almost like going from riding a tricycle to telling them you have to learn how to drive a manual vehicle in less than four months. And if you, yeah, if you don't know how to manage like stress and face the reality of what you're about to go through, you're going to get overwhelmed. It's, it's a lot. And When you get overwhelmed, like something's got to give. So it's bleeding into like their personal lives, their professional lives. Like there's no way you're going to go through something like that without some form of damage. And then like on the other side of it, you have these instructors or people who are more experienced trying to help teach just like hundreds of hours of training and flying to students who don't have it in a compressed amount of time. And it can feel really overwhelming on both ends. And I mean, honestly, it's a wonder to me that a lot of people aren't burning out, but I'm also not surprised because this industry has really created such a a rise and grind culture, like no complaints, or I mean, maybe you do complain about it, but at the same time, not much is being done to try and change it. So you just kind of, I'm say, deal with it again in air quotes, because it's not always the best way. And if you don't do something about it, it's gonna burn you out and then that just itself leads into the lifestyle stressors that come along with being a pilot that a lot of people don't really think about yeah. um, i'm going to more if you want but
0: <laughs> no i think what you just said about like people the the rise and grind culture and i think part of the reason why you what you said about it, at least people are complaining or they're not doing anything about it it's almost like everyone feels like they have to complain in incognito i think that's really where it stems from, at least from having conversations that we've had, it seems like these people feel so grateful to be where they're at. And it's almost like they just don't want to risk it. It's like, they Mm -hmm. don't want to speak up for themselves. And, you know, I really like what you said in the beginning. And I wanted to say, you know, don't hesitate to say that because That's genuinely how so many people are feeling right now. Um, You know, there are people that are more senior who are frustrated that they're having to deal with, you know, first officers that aren't as experienced. And then we have the first officer that's literally shitting bricks. It (laughs) time everything's going so fast. They can't keep up. And then, you know, months, you have four months, five months, six months in, you're being asked to be put in a captain's position. So on both ends it's really really tough right now and I think that's kind of how everyone's feeling so I appreciate you for saying that
1: yeah and it sorry were you about to go Maddie oh I just wanted to say like um I do really think it was important to touch on that because of you know I don't think these young first officers are going to say anything because look at the opportunity they've been given you know and they want to rise up to that especially as a male I think that's really a huge thing in in our culture is just like you know you've been given this task you need to live up to it but I think it is important to um, shed light on that that you know the system that we're living in is kind of a burnout system and it's okay to be feeling the way that they're feeling um I just uh it is interesting. Like the time that we're living in right now is just so crazy with how quickly we're hiring pilots and how fast we're milling them through. And I, and I do see it in my own husband's line of work. I mean, he's a very young captain himself, um, but he's saying the same thing on the line. He's saying, you know, the, the pilots coming up as first officers are having a difficult time. They aren't learning fast enough. And now I'm in the role of a teacher and a mentor, which can also be really hard on a captain if that's not what you signed up for so I think both can be stressful being the mentor and being the trainee can be very very stressful as well
2: oh yeah absolutely and it's interesting because people respond to that in so many different ways like again there's some people who have the excitement for the challenge but then you think about the realities of the airline industry and like the fact that you do have people sitting in the cabin and there's a real danger to it as well and it can bring a little bit of fear to some people and that could be why I mean not all but some people will maybe get angry at people and get frustrated and take it out on them but at the end of the day it's just because everyone's just trying to do their best to be safe
0: yeah yeah it's such a difficult It's like too with, I know Maddie has a question and, but it, I, it also reminds me of where we are politically as a society adds so much pressure. And we've all seen like after COVID, like I've never in my life gone on social media and seen so many videos of people losing their mind on an airplane. Like when have Mm -hmm. you ever really seen that until after COVID and I think everyone's just angry. Everyone's mad. You know, right now, like people are barely able to afford to survive and live. And so all of these stressors added on top of, you don't feel quite confident in your position. You're having to be, you know, the sole controller of 300 people who can't literally sit down and behave for three hours. Like I I just can't imagine the amount of stress, but yeah. Anyways, sorry.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I think that is a great point. And also just like, we haven't even added in like the stress of having a relationship, the stress of having kids, the stress of not being home on holidays, like all of those things that you don't really think about that also play into your job and, and your stress management and all that. So um, I think that's important to touch on. But I did want to say uh, some of our audience may not know that they're dealing with stress, and, and they may not be able to tell that their body is dealing with stress physically. So can you share with us some of the like bodily warning signs that someone may be dealing with if they do have a high load of stress, like something, the things that they should kind of be paying attention to physically?
2: Yes. Oh, that's such a good question. Cause like, this is really such a normal thing that we do, right? Like we kind of just talked about you, you like buck up and deal with it, or you have you know, unfortunately, sometimes a lot of men who are told like, maybe you're having stress, but like be a man, or then sometimes you have other pilots and like female oriented pilots who are feeling like they have to kind of prove themselves in a male dominated industry. So everyone starts kind of suppressing everything and suppressing your stress isn't actually managing it. It's actually just compressing it inside of you. So usually what happens is either your your body starts shutting down physically in certain ways, or you end up losing your shit in some capacity. Sorry for the language, but it's true. And then wonder why you're reacting that way. (laughs) Um, but physically some of the things that really, I, I mean, I've seen happen to people and I've experienced myself under stress is maybe you're, you start to get an upset stomach, your digestion starts to get really weird, but it's a little more chronic. Like it's more than just every once in a while. It's, often or occasional chest pains, feeling like your heart is racing. Um, if you have body aches and pains, trouble sleeping, like maybe you have a lot of muscle tension or find that you clench your jaw a lot. Um, and something else that's maybe not, we don't have to dive into this, but some people will even find themselves with issues performing adult activities. It's all, yeah, (laughs) it's all different ways. Our (laughs) body is like, just stop but we don't
0: stop. (laughs) I love that you said that because that's, I don't even think we've ever touched on that, but like that for men in particular. And I'm glad that you said that because I would say 75 to 85% of our audience is male. And I think that's the one thing they're probably paying attention to if they get diarrhea every other day they're like, oh, that T-bell hit different but <laughs> that's when you know if if that's when you really know and um I think that's something to really pay attention to for me it's like very much gut health but I'm thank you so much for bringing that up because I know like, You know, if people stigmatize sexuality and all of that, but I do, I think it's really important to like note on that. That also adds into like, talk about a relationship stressor. You're gone Mm, for four or five days. You come home, your wife's like, Hey, let's connect. And you can't connect.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It makes a huge difference.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it really does. And for a lot of people that's, you know, intimacy is a very important part of a relationship. So that can just add so much stress onto that, but thank you for pointing out those examples. And I know my next question, I'm probably not going to ask it because I feel like we've kind of covered, you know, what the, you know, as far as the lifestyle that plays into it, what's stressing pilots out. I kind of wanted to ask you about something that we spoke about in our pre-pod conversation. Um, Mm -hmm. and it more alludes to like female pilots and we all know fight or flight, but you brought up something I thought was so interesting. You called it fawning. Can you explain
2: what that is? Yes. So in the stress regulation class I designed to go into, I call them the four stressors of the apocalypse, the four stress horsemen. <laughs> And most people know fight and flight. So you have typical fight. Maybe someone is really frustrated. They get in your face or they say something that bothers you. And you feel that visceral reaction in your body where maybe you want to punch something or punch that person or just start arguing with them. That's something else a lot of people don't realize is fight is I'm going to argue back at you. Then we also have flight, which is I'm going to get out of here. I'm just leaving, which unfortunately on the flight deck, you can't do that. You have to stay there. Uh, But then we have these two other stress responses, which we have freeze and we have fawn. So, freeze is when you just kind of shut down and don't say anything. But fawn is when you actually start appeasing to the person in front of you that seems frustrated. So, maybe you're not trying to escalate the situation, which is a good thing. We're not trying to escalate the situation, but when you go too far into fawn, you're maybe choosing not to say things that could actually be a safety risk. Like, this. So maybe you guys are in a stressful situation, the pilot flying is, or the captain is trying to resolve this issue, but you notice as the younger person that there or the newer person that there's something going on and you are trying to point it out to them. They're not listening. They're starting to get agitated. So you go, you know what? Never mind. You know yeah. what, you you've got this. You're whatever you're saying is absolutely right. And we do see this a lot more with with younger pilots, but also it's something that females definitely tend to fall into because I mean we're kind of raised to be blight.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to dig a little bit further into this by dig. I mean, like, just ask you a couple more questions. So yes. I th- this is something that has been a huge topic of conversation. I feel like between Maddie and I on um the podcast, our most recent solo, we just talked about A really, really unfortunate situation where a CFI was pretty much just bullying his student, um, Mm -hmm. went up with his student, was being incredibly arrogant over Snapchat, and ended up killing the both of them. They flew right into some really, really hazardous weather, I believe is what caused them to crash. Um, and Maddie's the student pilot. I have been, I'm still a student pilot. We've, we have a lot of student pilots listening, and this seems to be something that a lot of student pilots struggle with having a voice saying when they feel unsafe, you know, having a limit, how to draw a line in the sand. What do you, what would you tell somebody who's really struggling with having a voice or, you know,
2: standing up to their flight instructor when they feel like things are not quite right? Yeah, first, I want to say I'm so sorry for the loss to that family. That's for everyone involved in that. That just hurt, broke my heart to hear that. Yeah. I'm so sad to hear that. Um, With regard to re- standing up for yourself, that's it's so challenging, especially when you have. You know what you need to say and you know what you need to do, but those stress responses are they're real. yeah. And we like to think that, you know, if I were ever in a situation, I would say this, or I would do that. But if that's not something that you practice in your life outside of those situations, and that's, it's even in those little moments, like with family members or with friends, where maybe you get asked to do something and you really don't want to do it but you go do it and you don't say anything, which I mean, using discernment, sometimes that's, that's fine. Like it's a good thing. We don't always, sometimes we do things we don't want to do, but there are those times and we've all felt it where it's like, I really didn't want to do this. And I'm actually mad at you now.
1: One of like the best advice that I got for de-escalating, which is from my husband, he says it's called a shit sandwich. So you, (laughs) do a positive then you do the negative that you're upset with and then you do another positive and usually people will eat the shit sandwich Oh, so. <laughs> I think it works so well like honestly he uses it on me all the time like he'll give me a compliment and then he'll tell me like what I'm annoying him about what I did wrong and then he'll squeeze in another compliment I'm like wow I really liked that so Look, uh, I appreciate the compliments I can't even be mad <laughs> I don't even <laughs> remember you're mad out but I will fix that for you um no I, I use that in my own own way too and I think it works really well for you know just de-escalating people not you know you you disarm them when you give them a compliment first
2: you do and like even just staying calm and it's that can be so challenging because when you have someone in front of you who is escalated, they're upset, they're angry. We do start to feel upset and angry. And the more you can be aware of how you're reacting to it, like maybe you're tensing up. I know for me, I start to, I almost start to feel, it sounds so silly, but I feel like a tiger that's getting ready to pounce when I start to get angry. Mm -hmm. Like I'm about to just like growl or something, but (laughs) started to note that more. And I'm like, okay, if I start to feel like the tiger that's getting ready to pound, I need to take a deep breath because whatever I'm about to say or do is not going to land really well. So
0: (laughs) we wanted to ask you more about your counseling and advising services. Um, So can you share why you believe pilots can benefit from having an advisor and having somebody there to help manage their stress instead of bottling it up?
2: Oh, yes. So I mean, I think all people, but especially pilots, can benefit from having someone to talk to or go to for advice or guidance on things because, I mean, one, it really can help you to hear and understand that the thoughts that you're having, whatever they might be, are normal. And I promise that whatever you have to say, like, I've probably heard that it more. And even just getting it out can feel like you're finally letting out a breath that you didn't even realize that you had been holding. And it can be like a breath that you've been holding for weeks or months or maybe even years just from not being able to say the thing. And getting an outside perspective can really help you to better manage your own stress and, I mean, anxiety, because we all feel that whether we like to say it or not. Um, it's like a curse word in the pilot industry. I feel like anxiety, no, but we feel it. And I mean, that's why I feel like at least the class that I'm offering is an incredible foundation for pilots. And it's, I mean, it's cheaper than one-to-one because it's in a group setting right now. I have it at 33 for 2023. It's going to 44 in 2024 because I'm a dork with numbers like that. But I think it can really help even just talking to someone in general to deal with difficult life changes. I mean, let's face it, as a pilot, you're going to have lots of them. And like you guys kind of touched on earlier, I mean, it's a very isolating lifestyle. You're away from your family, away from your friends. And sometimes it can really feel like you, it almost feels like people don't understand you if you're not actually working in that industry. And That can make it even harder when you get home because you want to connect with the people that you care about and love about. But when you kind of need help working on things like interpersonal skills or disagreements and boundary setting and building trust, you know, that working with someone to help build those skills can really help start bettering the connections with the people around you in your life that really do care about you more at home. And I think, lastly, knowing that it's confidential really helps. So,
0: yeah. yeah, I didn't even think about the fact that like I, it, this, something you just made me realize and it brought me right back into flight training was people really don't get it. Like, it's really hard to talk to the average person about flying or what it is to be a pilot. They just don't understand. And I remember throughout my um my training, especially through through my instrument training, I felt kind of alone in the fact that I couldn't. I could always call my friends who, who were pilots or like my previous CFIs and talk to them about it. But there were things that I wanted to share with like, for, for say my fiance or someone, something that I did that was really, really great. And oh my God, I did this today. Super hard thing that I did. And I just absolutely killed it, slaughtered it. You can't have that conversation with that person. Cause they just, I mean like having some of these aviation conversations that you have, like if you try and have them with a the normal person, it's just like, they Rock look at signs. you like, yes. I mean, <laughs> and, and that's, I've, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. Cause it's, it's, I feel like. But anyone it's the
1: truth. Friends, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's,
0: it's, it's so crazy. hard to like have somebody to ex- share that experience with.
1: I mean, and, this just yeah. reminds me of this morning. I was at the gym and, and there's a girl there that me and my husband always talk to that works there. She's really sweet, but it's so funny because I think she was asking about Jesse's schedule. Um, and she was wondering like why he doesn't have better seniority because he's a captain and he was trying to explain to her like i just became a captain i've only been a captain for a year i was first officer before that she's like what's a first officer and so it's like just like the general public they just don't understand aviation they don't understand like the differences between pilots and and if you say you're a first officer then they automatically think like oh you're just you don't actually fly the plane like that's another thing that's an issue so yeah just basic things trying to explain like I love that you said that, Emma. There's not really anyone you can talk to. Um, that's one of the things that I have a hard time with. Even though I have my husband, like, he's also my CFI. So there's some things I wish I could talk to my dad about. And my dad's not here to talk to. And that kind of weighs uh, on me sometimes, you know? Like, I know, uh, Emma, you feel that way, too. It's damn, like, I care? haven't even thought about that. Like, I know, shit. like, don't you wish you could talk to your dad? Like, all the fucking that's, time. like, one of my things. I'm like, if my dad was here, I could have a conversation with him. But, damn. uh... Yeah. It's just really difficult. I think that is one of the biggest stressors for me is the expectations that outside people have of me, um, flying and they don't even understand what I'm doing. Um, mm-hmm. like, cause I'll get a text from my mom, like almost every week, have you soloed yet? Or like, are you almost done? Even my husband's mom, she works in the airline industry and she's like, are you done with your, your license? yet?" I'm like, Oh my God, no, I just started. <laughs> Uh, so it is difficult to explain those things and that can be really stressful so I'm glad yeah that you pointed that out yeah um, sure I guess uh, last thing that we have for you is we did want our audience to connect with you and obviously we're going to link this in the bio and um, tag you and everything but we did want you to share where our audience can find you
2: Yes. So the best place to start is actually on Instagram at aviation conversations. It has the link to my website. And I'm actually planning on putting another link in there to a little freebie over the next couple of weeks. So, actually, by the time this episode comes out, and it's another stress regulation technique that I really, really enjoy, it's a, a body scan that I'm planning to actually record and put on there. So that will be exciting for everyone. And then if you follow the link from there to my website, you see all different kinds of things. So it's good. And you can DM me on there anytime. Yes.
1: Well, thank you so much, Shannon. We really appreciated just speaking with you about all that you're doing for aviators. Um, and I definitely think it's something that pilots do need. Emma and I are always struggling to find resources for pilots. So thank you again for reaching out to me um, and wanting to share what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, of course. Thank you guys so much for your time. Again, I'm,
2: I'm so grateful for all the work that you all are doing for everyone. And it's a privilege for me to be able to talk with you guys. Again, even if you don't feel comfortable as a pilot in the audience, using the one-to-one services, even just taking the course, it's like I run it every other Tuesday for 50 minutes. It, that alone can help you just setting the foundation can change everything. So take a look at it. I just want to help as many people as I can. Yeah.
0: And you're at, what's your handle on Instagram? It's just at Aviation Conversations, correct? Correct. Aviation Conversations. Um, You know where to find the girl. Thank you so much, Shannon, for joining us this week. And thank you all so much for joining and tuning in to listen. We appreciate you so much. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It helps us do this. It helps us continue to connect with people like Shannon. And it's super important. So yeah, don't, you know come on, give us a five star. Like, don't be, don't be shy. Anyways. All right, y'all. Love you. Ya. Lie last. Talk to you next week. Later.